0: Let's pray. Father, we come. We come from different places in life, but life nonetheless. There are people here who are hurt and disgruntled and overwhelmed and angry. People who are depressed. People who don't know where they're at because they've lived in such denial for so long. And yet, Lord, you know all these things. and You know all of us. So we invite you to bring your Holy Spirit into this place and sort it all out, to move upon us, minister to us, bring life, bring peace, bring hope, and Lord, I know you can do all these things today. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. If you're a guest with us, I want to reiterate what Pastor Calvin said. If you didn't catch it when he said it, be sure and fill out that guest card and put it in the bucket as you leave today. We want to bless you. Uh, and just pray over you and your family So glad you joined us here today I always love getting good news today And we're a big family uh, Tim Newberry, raise your hand Tim right over here was telling me Tim was telling me that he was here a, a couple of weeks ago And uh, God had first and foremost delivered him from anxiety uh, He was in his workplace and God delivered him from anxiety He came to church that weekend uh, and We were praying for people to be healed And he was praying for somebody to be healed Uh, He'd gone to the doctor the week before. They had uh, done the test and shown he had a a hernia. Uh, And it was was there on the test. I mean, clear as can be. Uh, And as he was praying on that Sunday morning, God healed him completely of that hernia. It went away. God's always at work. Amen? Amen? And God has something for you here today as well. And I believe that as we get into the Word today, it's going to be some tough sledding. I'll be honest with you. I mean, honestly, I'm one of these people that I'm not afraid to tackle text uh, and say, you know, we let's cherry pick our text and make everybody feel good with the when we leave. Sometimes change doesn't come that way. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Real change in our life has to deal with the real issues in our life. And all of us have real issues. Well, I was reading this story this morning about this local news station. She, they were interviewing this 90-year-old lady because she had just gotten married for the fourth time, after outliving her first three husbands. The interviewer stuck the mic in her face and asked her about her life, and what it was like to be marrying again at 90 years old, and what her husband's occupation was. And she said, well, he's a funeral director. Interesting, the news person said. He then asked her if she wouldn't mind telling him a little about her first three husbands and what they did for a living. Well, she paused, she thought about it. Needing time to reflect on all those years, after a short time, a smile came to her face and she answered proudly, explaining that she first married a banker when she was in her early 20s, then a circus ringmaster when she was in her 40s, later on a preacher when she was in her 60s, and now finally in her 90s, she was marrying a funeral director. The interviewer looked at her quite astonished and asked her why she had married four men with such diverse careers. She smiled as she explained, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. (laughs) We're in part three of a series entitled To Tell the Truth. And I I know that there is a modern version of To Tell the Truth. And basically, it's a show where you have a panelist, oftentimes of celebrities that try to determine from three contestants who's really telling the truth. Uh, They might have a famous airline pilot or a celebrity or somebody they don't know. And so they, they go through a series of questions and they ask, and at the end they take a guess, who's telling the truth? And at the end they have the person who is really that person stand up. You know, I wonder if we could do that with our Christian faith. Would the real Christian please stand up? If we had a panel like that, even throughout this place here today, we might not consider ourselves to be real or genuine. So we're going to have to ask the question, what really is a Christian? Because can a Christian be revealed in a world full of imposters? I believe so. Wait a minute. How many of you think that Christians can be identified in a world full of imposters? Let me see your hands. So what is a Christian? Is it just being a part of a club, kind of like here today? Is it a person who follows a prescribed set of rules and regulations? Is it just believing in a historical man called Jesus? Or is it as simple as asking Jesus to come into your heart? Well, it is. But a Christian is a person who has entrusted their life to Jesus Christ as their leader. I use that word leader today. Because oftentimes in the world we live in, we're not familiar with words like master and lord. Lord. But I want you to understand, Jesus is chosen as our leader. Uh, and it is through this daily surrender as our leader to him that there's a change of heart and a change in our character that's enabled. Philippians 1, says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. What that means is God is not working just as we are saved, as we're being saved, as we're going to be saved. God is working in us. And it says, this is that fruit, the righteous character of Produced in your life by Jesus Christ. In other words, God's not making us into a better person. He's making us into himself. He's making us like himself. And so we need to understand that God's always at work in our life. And that work, here's the good news, because of sin, that work is never done. Here's the good news today. There's nobody here perfect. Don't look at your wife. Come on now. Uh, you, you know that she might think she's perfect but she's not somebody don't say don't do not say amen you say well that sounds pretty easy we just believe and it sounds easy but you understand we're ignoring one big issue here's the big issue life life while we're attempting to follow Jesus and allow him to change our heart life is happening to us in us and all around us life impacts everything everybody say everything, everything. life impacts everything it in, it impacts our personhood our faith and our relationships and so this week I don't know about you I believe in reading the word of God every day and so Because I've done it for a number of years, and some of you know on Facebook, I get up every day and I I put forth a devotion out there. And you don't have to be friends with me to read it. You can get on the Life Community page, or I have a fan page for all those people who are scared of being friends with me. You know who you are. You don't want Pastor to see what clubs you're going to. I get it. I understand. Uh, We don't have to be friends, uh, but I'll just say this: You're a scaredy, scaredy cat. But like many of you, I need to keep my relationship with Jesus Christ fresh, and so I change up my study habits. This week, I've gone back to listening to the Word of God while I read it, uh, and it's a Bible plan that you, we're going to make available. We're going to have some out there in the next week or so, uh, read through the Bible in a year. It's a plan that you're going to read. You go through the Old Testament, you read the New Testament. It has a psalm and a proverb, uh, and so you can actually read on this plan. And read. How many of you would like to read through the Bible in a year? Uh, it's it's something that you should do, and so I'm on that plan, and I'm listening, and I'm reading, and we're going through Ezekiel, then Daniel, and in the New Testament we're in First Peter. Now, some interesting things about First Peter you may need to know about. Peter writes his his epistle, his letter, to this first-century church, and as he writes them, you need to understand who's reading the letter. And so when I'm changing how I read the Bible, sometimes I want to put myself in their shoes. Okay, but you have to understand the people in the New Testament church, most of them are disenfranchised. In other words, they're they're not the uppity up of society. <laughs> in fact, most of them are slaves. Now let's understand slaves because we get an idea about how this country did slaves and that was all wrong, but back in, in their time, uh, there was either rich or poor and what happened for people to maintain themselves because they couldn't pay their taxes and they, could, they couldn't afford to live. They would sell themselves or members of their family off to slavery. And so in this indenturement, that person now was responsible for paying your taxes because Rome required taxes. Just like the IRS requires taxes. Somebody say amen. You can't get around it. And so they would sell themselves off. And so a lot of this first century church, they're slaves. And Paul's writing to these people and I'm listening to this and I'm reading it and I'm understanding and I'm putting myself in this position. If I'm in the New Testament church and and, and I'm working for somebody or living in their home and working for them and I, I don't have my own place. And after I read this passage, I got to the place where I had to pause it. Anybody ever have to do that with the Word of God? I, I mean, literally, I've read this bunches of times. I can't tell you how many times. I had to stop it and I said, come on, God. Come on, God. You've got to be kidding me. Because I didn't read it from a Christian perspective. I read it from the perspective of what these people are reading and how it's impacting and affecting their life. That they're already in a place where they're vulnerable. And they're disenfranchised. And they really don't have an identity. And he, he's talking to them about this identity in Jesus Christ that's so wonderful. But we get to First Peter chapter 2. And this is where I got to. And it says, you who are slaves. And I stopped there and I thought, okay. He's going to say something. A word of encouragement to these folks how many of you ever gotten to a place in your life where you prayed oh God let me get a word of encouragement today yes. no come, let's be honest how many of you have ever needed a word of encouragement and that's what I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating okay these people they're slaves and he's about to give them a word of encouragement and it's going to be good you who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect well, that's good how many of you know, here's a revelation for some of you, that you ought to respect your boss at work? Yes. How many of you know you ought to respect your boss at work? Yes. And then he goes on. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. And I'm thinking, man, I already got injustice issues because of the Romans and their taxation without representation and how everybody is. And now Peter is telling me that according to God, I've got to respect my boss, not just with lip service. Even if he's not a good guy, I've got to respect him. And there's a little American coming out in me right here. You know, how many are you talking about? I, I mean, I got First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights, and my goodness, we've got all kinds of rights. But the kingdom of God is not about rights but responsibilities. Then he goes on. For God is pleased. How many of you like to please God? Look at what he says, for God is pleased when conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. And I'm thinking, this is not encouragement. Okay? How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, come on, man. I mean, come 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 on, that now we're doing the best we can and we're in this already bad situation. And God should be on our team and taking care of our boss. And if even he has to strike him by lightning or give him a heart attack, he needs to make our life easier. Amen. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you said that out loud. But here's, here's the key to this. God is pleased when the circumstance doesn't change us, but we change the circumstance. And that's what's key in this passage. And this is what you need to understand. That's applicable in the New Testament, but it's applicable in this year, 2022, to each and every one of us here today. That God wants us to be the people he created us to be no matter where we're at. And there's not anything or anybody else that changes that. But you see, we don't have that kind of perspective and understanding. And so what happens in life when things don't go our way we change I'll give you four example. About a month ago, we'd bought some new tires for Shelley's car. A week after we'd bought the new tires for her car, we're going to Roadhouse, and I've got my mind on a whole basket full of rolls. I can smell them right now. How many of you know that they, they, they make some good rolls at roll, at Roadhouse? I call it Roll House. Pretty good steak, too. So we're headed there. And I said, well, you meet me there. And we're, we're on our way. Jonathan and I are in the car. And she calls. I got her on the speakerphone. And she says, well, I'm here at Roadhouse, but I hit a pothole, and I've got a flat tire. Now, being a man does not excuse our lack of compassion. Every wife should have said amen right there. Being a man does not excuse our lack of compassion. Because I had my mind on rolls, so you know what I said was, why did you do that? I mean, I've got this whole litany of thought going through my mind like, couldn't you have avoided it? She said, I didn't see it, man. And then she added insult to intrigue. She called me back a few minutes later and says, I went over and looked at the pothole, and it's a really bad one. (laughs) Abigail's with her, and it's the boys against the girls. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? the boys are there like, we want to go eat, and we get there, and I knew what happened. You understand, it was on the sidewall. There's no fix in the tire. New tire, week old, gone. Here's the deal. I want us to understand, this is where we're going, and we, we've got to address this as American Christians. How can so little of things in life change who we are? I, I mean, we get to a passage like this where people are already disenfranchised not in a great place in life. And, and now they're dealing with somebody who's a jerk for lack of a better word. Uh, and, and there should be a word here that Peter's saying, God's got that all under control and he's going to wipe them out. And it's not there. But this is what he says. In essence, what he's saying here is, you can't allow that person to change who you are. That you've got a greater identity than even them. And so you can't let a flat tire change your whole world perspective. Boy, this is a good word today. Somebody say amen. So he continues on because he's going to talk about Jesus and this is if you've ever read Charles Sheldon in his steps or you've ever wore one of those WWJD bracelets or wore the shirt or put it on your bumper sticker. It's where this comes from. This passage right here from Charles Sheldon. And this is what it says in verse 20. Of course you get no credit for being patient <laughs> if you are beaten for doing wrong. That goes to all my kids right there. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. In other words, we're to be like Jesus. That when people tried to push him off a cliff in his hometown, he came back the next day and healed their kids. He didn't allow the people of Galilee to change who he was see there's something I learned pastor Jonathan does a great job here with our young adults. he is 25 is that right when I was 25 I was married had already been married for five years and I was young and stupid how, how many of you have ever been young and stupid and so we'd be going through something, and I would look at Shelly, because po- I used to be the positive person in the relationship. And I, I, and I would say something like this. Well, here's the good news. It can't get any worse. <laughs> Can I tell you something? That's not true. How many, of you, how many of you know that's not true? 2020. April, you know, March of 2020, they said, well, we've got a pandemic. After three or four days, it's going to be over with. Oh man, three or four days! I got to stay home. Can't believe it. I'm not having school for three. Wow, it can't get any worse. Have <laughs> I mean, you know all talking about it? Can't get worse. Oh yeah, I can. And we just, you know, we're still dealing with it today. Somebody say, "Amen." I mean, Shelly came home yesterday. She said there were people out at the mall, but the stores weren't open because they don't have enough workers. I'm thinking, that's crazy. People don't want to go to work. And we look at these scriptures and we understand this is what happens. And I'm going to be honest here in a minute. I'm going to get real honest. Uh, And it's going to make some of you really, really uncomfortable. But it's a part of my therapy. I don't have a therapist, so I come on Sunday mornings and I just talk to you guys. It's a lot cheaper. And most of you don't talk back. Somebody say amen. See, we have these beliefs and we don't understand that God has this big eternal plan And in this big eternal plan, he knows the people that are involved and that we're going to be in relationship with. He knows the boss. He knows the master for slaves. God has this eternal plan, and he knows everything. So yesterday, how many of you have ever watched the TV program, The Chosen? Raise your hand. If you've ever watched it, raise your hand. Great show. Here's my honest confession. I haven't watched it. Doesn't have guns or snipers (laughs) or SEAL teams, you know. It's not a war movie. And so my wife and the kids, they watched it, and yesterday they said, hey, they've got the new season out at the movies. Do you want to go with this? I said, does it involve popcorn? (laughs) I'm in. How many of you like popcorn at the movies? Can I see? Oh, my goodness. Big thing of popcorn, it didn't matter, we just ate Mexican food. When you go to the mo- you got to get popcorn. Right. And Jonathan and I will wipe out the large popcorn. We're sitting there and I'm enjoying it. And I've not really watched this program, so I'm kind of catching up on it. And, and really, it's about these disciples of Jesus and it goes into the, their interpersonal relationships. You know, some of it is presumption and assumption, but it makes, it makes for a good storyline. And if you know anything, there's a couple of guys that have similar names. There's two Jameses. And so in this show, there's a big James and a little James. And little James, I'm gonna run the run the show for some of you, so but it's the most important moment in the whole show because Jesus is sending out the twelve and they're gonna go out and do great things. They're gonna heal people and cast out devils. And after all this happened, I'm sorry. Little James comes out and he's got his walking stick because he has an infirmity. And for the first time, he's going to deal with his issue with Jesus. And he says, how is it, Lord, that you heal everybody else and you've not healed me? How can I go with the way I am and heal other people with the, how I am? And, and, you know, in that show, this is what I thought. I wish Jesus could talk to everybody like he talked to little James in that show. Because the conversation he had with little James is something that everybody had. He said, little James, I'm giving you the greatest gift I could ever give anyone. Yes, there are a lot of people that gets healed. And he said, I could heal you too. He said, but how much greater is your ministry and testimony that you walk with this infirmity, believing in me and healing others in spite of the fact that you're not healed yourself, I'm giving you a gift. And it doesn't seem like a gift here, but one of these days when we're in eternity, you're gonna look back and say, that was a gift. Well, you can imagine, I sat there and bawled like a baby. It wasn't seal team and it wasn't a Western. And I thought, if only Jesus would come and have a talk with us. Because you see, that's how life is. Things don't always go our way. Our prayers don't always get answered the way we think they should. Somebody say amen. amen. We find ourselves in situations where we're Christians, a part of a new movement, new church. We're slaves and we have crappy bosses. It's life. And life has this determiner where if we allow it to, it makes us somebody we don't want to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so what tough guys do, because there are a lot of tough guys in here, not just tough guys, tough ladies. We don't deal with the stuff. We don't have the interaction with Jesus. We don't ask him. So you know what tough guys become over time? Tough guys become hard-hearted. And there are a lot of people who come to church, some of you here today. You've just become hard-hearted. You have no compassion for others. Sometimes you don't even have any compassion for your family members. And you say, what's happened? That this God of compassion and mercy loves me so much and I have such difficulty loving others. I understand. You see why this hit me squarely in between the eyes some of you know a lot about me, some of you know a little bit about me, but a lot of stuff happened in my life. There's been a lot of difficult things in 29 years of pastoring here, big hallmark stuff. Our oldest son was really taken advantage of, groomed, and abused as a young man by another minister. Not a guy who worked here, but another minister. That was tough, still tough to this day. Uh, And then I I had two wonderful parents. Some of you knew them. My dad was an elder here for years. My mom's a prayer warrior. My dad passed away three or four years ago. Uh, And he died a horrible death because he had a non-malignant tumor in his vertebrae in his neck. So the last two years of his life, he was just basically paralyzed. I mean, had to be moved out of a bed into a wheelchair, back out of the wheelchair, into the bed. People had to tend for him to, to him 24 hours at the house. Now my mom, some of you know she has Alzheimer's. We just moved her to a new place this week, which we're thankful for. But, you know, if you know anything about Alzheimer's, it's not the forgetful part that's hard. It's the mental illness that comes with Alzheimer's. That a little bit of your personality, and sometimes not the best part of your personality, comes out. My mom's a fighter, and believe me, she's still a fighter to these days. I mean, if you go, they go in there and they try to give her a bath, it's like, that ain't happening. Get out, you know. If things are in her room, she thinks everybody's stealing from her. If you ain't taking that out, they'll bring her food in there. And so they come to get the plate, and she says, no, that's my plate. You leave it in here. And so when we, when we go to visit her, it's always a new deal. And so the thing is this. If you don't deal with your life issues... Before long, they become God issues. Did everybody hear what I just said? If you don't deal with your life issues, before long, they become God issues. And whether you say it out loud or not, you think, How could a good God let this happen? How could a good God let this happen to me? How many of you know that God is a good God? And so what we need to understand about life is God has a purpose in the process of life. And in that purpose in the process of life, the first thing that Peter says in chapter 1, we're going to read it in just a few moments, is that there is this crucible that God uses. And if you don't need to know what a crucible is, a crucible, let me move down, is a ceramic or metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to it at very high temperatures. And what happens in this crucible is first and foremost, you put whatever this lump is of any type of metal. And the first thing that happens is the impurities come to the top. Now, the problem with this is if you leave the impurities in there, it makes whatever is being made weak. That means under stress, whatever is happening there, because the impurities are now baked into it if it's a hammerhead or if it's an axe head or whatever it is, now the first strike, the axe head could just break apart because the impurities were never taken out of it. And God has a way of using life as this crucible where whether it's a bad boss or whether we're a slave or whether it's health issues or whatever, he's using life to form us into something good. But we have these issues see and what we need to understand is we might pretend act to pretend but our heart always reveals our character and integrity I'm going to move down because there's a passage I thought about this week and I'm not going to go in depth like I did in first service because we have some books of the Bible that are really taboo How many of you know what I'm talking about how many of you have been in church most of your life I mean, there are some taboo books of the Bible, like Song of Solomon. My mom said you can't read it because it talks about breast. (laughs) It's true. And, And the other taboo book of the Bible is Job. We have this weird Christian superstition that if we talk about it or if we preach about it, that it might happen to us. And if you know the story of Job, here's the story of Job. Is that in heaven, there's business that's being conducted all the time. Amen. Well, you know, we, see the, we think about the angels, but God is conducting business all the time. And so in the throne room, there's business being conducted. And there in this business being conducted, Satan, who was once a part of what happens there, is still coming. But the word of God says, and we're going to read this in Revelation... He is coming as an accuser to find out, to tell the truth, who really is a Christian. That's his, his job. He comes before God and God, now this will mess up your theology. God brings up to Satan, his, he says, have you seen my servant Job? Now that'll mess things up for you. Like, come on, God, why are you talking to Satan about me? and Satan says to God yeah he's a good guy but he wouldn't be a good guy if you didn't protect him you have protected him on every side and all you got to do is take your hedge of protection around and he will curse you and die and so in one day I mean we think we have problems in one day Job loses everything he loses all of his children all ten of them Seven boys, three girls, dead. Loses most all of his servants. Loses all of his livestock and all of his way of making a living. And he said, this was his response. I've come into this world with nothing. I'll go out of this world with nothing. And this is what he says. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So if you know the passage, the next thing you know, Satan is in heaven again accusing. God says, have you seen Job? And Satan says, well, you understand something. You can take everything from him, but you take his health from him and he'll curse you. And we pick up the story where, I can't even imagine. The word of God says that Job has boils from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. And now he's sitting on this ash heap and he's picking at him with a piece of pottery, lancing these boils. That they're, they're getting festered and he's lancing all of these boils to get relief. Gross. And his own wife, <laughs> his own wife comes in verse number 9 of chapter 2 his wife said to him are you still trying to maintain your integrity in other words are you still standing up believing that you are who you say you are this is what she says to him curse God and die wow it was even too much for his wife to handle she already had plans for a new man Somebody say amen. I mean, he's lost everything. He's got big bulls all over him. I mean, she's, you know, it's only common sense. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Woo! He got one of them bulls slapped right open right there. (laughs) Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, look at what it says. So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Now let me tell you our advantage. Because we do have an advantage in the New Testament. We now have the Holy Spirit. And no matter what we're going through, we can have peace, love, and joy. Somebody say amen. We have the Holy Spirit because Jesus came and made us the temple. He has cleansed us and now the Spirit of God can be resident in us. But there's some, there's some important lessons to be learned here, both Old and New Testament. Number one is there's an enemy who's an accuser. Revelation 12, 8 says this, And the dragon lost the battle. Somebody say amen. amen. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Look at this. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. That means he doesn't stop. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. Somebody say amen. amen. And by their testimony. And here's the thing you need to understand. You don't have a testimony unless you're going through something. It's life. And everybody experiences it. We experience it in our marriage. We experience it with our kids. We experience it with our parents. We experience it in our health. It's life. But unfortunately, like I said earlier, we get to a place where little things throw us off our game. A flat tire on Monday morning, a fight with our wife. The boss doesn't give us our raise. And the next thing you know, we're becoming somebody that we never thought we would should be. Amen. It's creating issues. See, the accuser doesn't have to use lurid temptations to snare us. He just uses life itself. See, in life, you understand... Here's the thing about life. Life always changes. Now, my son left. My 17-year-old son. Him and Abigail, they are the greatest kids. I love them. But they, they hate change. If you told them we were having tamales for Thanksgiving dinner, they would throw a cow. I mean, it's like, that's not right and it's morally wrong. I mean my son told me that the other day. I said, It's for tradition. It, it's tradition. It's not the law. He said, This is what he told me. He said, No, it's morally wrong. I said, dude, you're like the Pharisees. Cause this this week I had I'd grown the, the coolest beard. Little goatee, my mother in law hated it. First thing she said was, What do you got on your chin there? you know. And I did did it just for her that day, honestly. And so I had this deal with my 17-year-old. I said, when you shave, I'll shave. So yesterday we're in the car. He said, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. I said, well, don't you like it? He said, no, I don't like it. I said, it's not you. I said, you're telling me because I've got hair on my face. I'm not the same person. He said, that's what I'm telling you. You don't look like yourself, so you're not the same person. (laughs) Here's what I know with the 17-year-old. He's got a lot of life in front of him where he's going to discover you can't control life. And you can't control people. You can't control your environment. So you can say today, well, I'll just quit my job and find a different workplace. And you're going to be the person going in with... 15 different workplaces and telling them it's everybody else and not you. Somebody say amen. That's not okay. Number two is our faith is always tested before our character. What you believe will always determine how you live. See, I believe I'm a son of God. How many of you believe you're a child of God? Raise your hand. I believe that God wants the best for my life. But here's the dilemma. The dilemma is the test when things don't go that way. What do I believe then? When things don't go your way, do you still believe that God desires and wants the best for your life? Or do you kind of think, I wonder why God's picking on me? Doesn't seem fair. And then we begin looking around. We really don't know what's going on with anybody else. And we think, well, they're not having the problems we're having. See, the test of life brings doubt to our faith. And when we begin to doubt the goodness of God, our godly character is in jeopardy. See, we have to return to the truth. Listen to this God has never changed, life has changed. Everybody say, God has never changed. God has never changed, life changes. And you know what? It's always going to change. I mean, if you're living your life according to Wall Street, come on now. You're going to be on a roller coaster, especially right now. I mean, all my people said, don't look at your retirement because, oh, don't look at it, don't look at it, don't look at it. Don't look. Well, I looked at it. <laughs> it's like all the money we put in this year is not there. I'm thinking well I guess I just won't re- I'm not planning on retiring anyway I'm thinking well I guess I just won't retire maybe that was God's word to me right there yes you're not I'm retiring <laughs> so you have to build your faith you have to do all of the spiritual exercises you don't feel like doing come on my soul come on my soul you need to read your Bible today Come on, my soul, you need to know the truth. Come on. You don't need to watch that YouTube video. Come on, my soul. See, it's not just Sunday morning. We wake up and don't, I'm gonna read my word today and be inspired. That's what I thought until I read that the other day. He's like, come on, God. I'm not inspired, I'm like, and it all began in me and he says, you got a me issue talking about God. I said, No, I don't. He said, Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because somewhere in your mind, you say God wants the best for your life, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you're thinking, How can that be true when all this stuff has happened to me? And what you believe will always determine how you live. See, godly integrity and character are created and strengthened in the fires of life. Quit trying to jump out. And quit not dealing with the impurities because the Holy Spirit brings them to the top every time. See, God's making and fashioning you like little James. When Jesus is looking him right in the eye and he said, I'm giving you the best gift anybody could ever give you that I have a purpose and plan for your life, little James. And if I don't heal you, how much stronger is your testimony that you follow me in spite of infirmity? Wow. How much stronger is your testimony when you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and everybody else in life is going through the same thing you are, but you know what? It hasn't changed who you are. I still want to love I want to forgive I want, I want to be compassionate how many of you want to be compassionate don't want to be hard hearted in 1 Peter 1 7 it says these trials will show that your faith is genuine is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold So, when your faith remains strong through many trials, everybody say through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the whole world. I want to quickly do a remix right here. Number one, life happens. And when life happens, you have to change your fixation. Don't focus on the injustice, focus on a faithful God. Change your fixation. Don't focus on the injustice, focus on an unfaithful God. Number two, you have to recognize your weaknesses. And you understand it always comes to the top and you have to embrace it and change. You have to say, this is a problem. If you don't have compassion, how many of you know it's a problem? Wait wait a minute, if you don't have compassion, how many of you know it's a problem? Amen. If you don't have compassion with your wife when she has a flat tire, how many of you know it's a problem? amen somebody say amen Amen. it's a problem number three build your faith and change your life and i love this last quote because i wanted to get to it if we want to live in eternity with god we should embrace his eternal plan because while we see the here and now while we live in this year 2022 each and every one of us were born to live eternally and if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ that means you were born to live eternally with him and so what that means for each and every all of us that are followers of Jesus Christ that God doesn't just have a today plan or tomorrow plan or a 10 year plan God has a forever plan that he's working in and through you that God has a forever plan that he wants to do in you and he uses the fires of life, the crucible, and he gets the impurity out and he refines our faith and no matter what's happening and no matter what's happening in our life, we say God is faithful and he's good. God desires and wants the very best for my life. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's a test because life is a test. We wake up on Monday morning and it's hard. And we say, well, it can't get any worse. And Tuesday morning comes along and it's worse. And we say, I can't wait for Friday. And by Friday, you're so worn out by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you can't even celebrate Friday anymore. Somebody say amen. And what I realized this week is that I wasn't angry with anybody else. I wasn't even angry with myself. But somewhere inside I was angry with God. Because we think it just should be fair. See, it's hard. It's hard going and seeing my mom and not knowing what you're going to get and how how it's going to turn out because it could be a really good day or it could be really, really bad. The other day she told me, I don't want you to ask any more questions, just get out of here. I said, I'm staying mama she said I, she said, I know you're Alan. It's like, I know who you are, that doesn't mean I have to like you <laughs> having your memory sometimes worse than not knowing, you know, like. (laughs) It's a struggle. Because you look at this woman who was so faithful and she helped so many of you. Prayed for so many of you. Held your hand in times of trouble. you think in your mind if you allow yourself to go there I wonder why how this is fair on any level and you understand something an eternal plan has an eternal God 50 years 60 years, 70 years on planet earth you understand it's not going to mean anything in eternity and the one thing you understand that you're not going to be able to jump around is that everybody here is going to die and you don't get to control how it's going to happen We have a good friend. He's a, he's a minister. He posted this week and said, because he's a, he is a regimented, came out of the army, and he works out every day and eats right, and had a massive coronary. And he was writing. He said, you know, it was all well, everything was okay. All you know, every all, all the arteries were clear. He said, but I've just got an electrical problem in my in my heart, and I've got to have a defibrillator and. And what I want you to understand is this you can't control it. So you might as well go to Roadhouse and have some rolls. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Don't go home and eat that leftovers today. No, don't do that. Unless it's pecan pie. And eat some more of that pecan pie with the whipped cream. Amen. What I'm saying is this today. We're about to pray. But I believe God wants to do a work here today. It's going to require some honesty on our part. See, because some of you sitting here, you might not ever say it out loud. You might not ever say it to anybody else, but you've got a God issue today. You want to go to heaven? you want all those things but inside of your heart you think this just ain't fair how could God allow this to happen to me can I tell you something he's using the fire to make you into something great don't fight it he's using the fire to make you into something great will you bow your heads with me how many of you are brave enough to be honest today and say pastor that's me hands are going up already that's me that's me you talking about me that's me hands are still going up I'm waiting because I know there's people you're sitting there and you're fighting it man you say I don't even want to know I didn't even want to be that honest but it's me it's affected my life it's affected me it's affected who I am it's affected my relationships it's me I'll pray with you today Lord we come and we make declaration You are always the same, and what that means is you never change, and you're always good. There's no shadow of turning in you. You have no evil in you and have no intent of evil, and you don't bring evil upon anyone. Your desire is the very best, not just for us, but for everyone around us, Lord, that you want to work through your spirit and show love through us. Lord our faith is important to enable all those things and so we come again and we say to you Lord this is not your issue this is my issue this is not you Lord this is me and I'm sorry I'm sorry because you never change and while the enemy accuses us it's wrong for me to accuse you And so, Lord, I choose to not bring accusation against you any longer today. And I choose to bless you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Allen, it kind of scares me because you talked about death. And death scares me because I don't know where I'll spend eternity. If something were to happen, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not certain of that. Can I tell you something today? You can be certain before you leave today and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, will you raise your hand where you're at? And I want to pray for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Lord, we come because all of our sin comes to the top. We recognize that we're sinners away from you because we've chosen ourselves over you. Lord Jesus we want to be your follower and we want you to lead us and so we ask you to forgive us of our sin and we know what they are we know about our selfishness and our pride, our lust all the things that motivate us and Lord that some things we've rebelled against you because we didn't like you but Lord we come and we repent of that rebellion today and we ask that you forgive us and make us whole and new change us Lord don't let life change us Lastly, I'm going to pray for one group of people here today. You're in the fire. You're in the fire today, and you say, "Pastor, I just need—I need to sense and know God's presence. I'm in the fire right now, and it's tough and it's hard. I understand. I want to pray for you today. If that's you, you're in the fire right now. Just raise your hand. You say, "I'm in the fire right now, right where I'm at. I'm in it. I'm in, I'm in. It. It, it. it is all around me. It's pressing in on me." Lord I pray for every person here they are challenged by relationships and others who can't control themselves they're challenged by those that are evil and it's hard but Lord if you will confirm your Holy Spirit within us right now and I ask that you do that give us strength that we didn't know we had Give us love and compassion that we didn't know exist. Change our heart, change our mind, change our life today. That's what we ask. Lord, while we can ask you to change the circumstance, and you can, and you do oftentimes, before we even ask that, Lord, I ask that you change us. Change us to be overcomers, that no matter the circumstance, greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. And I thank you for this today, in Jesus' name amen stand with me today it's been good to be in the house of the Lord somebody say amen amen I want to have our pastoral staff come and today if you, if you have need maybe you're, you're sick in body and you need somebody to anoint you with oil and pray for you these guys are here to pray for you today maybe you just have you need somebody to agree with you today we have people here to pray with you uh, and that's important to us for you as well we love you God loves you and he certainly wants the best for your life Go with God and be blessed. You're dismissed.